0: my good people, how are you all doing? Well, my apologies, um, I forgot to post a forgot to post a podcast last week. Um, it was the school holidays, and I went on holiday with my kids instead of working on a podcast. <laughs> so, um, aloha Mike, uh, more tō moody, uh, more to my lateness um, for my lateness in getting this podcast out. This week is pretty cool because we've got um, Mr. Greg. Fleming. Uh, I'm sharing his talk that he gave at Earth last year. Um, if you don't know Greg, if you never come across Greg Fleming, uh, Greg is a legend, a legend. Um, Greg started many years ago, uh, was a key figure in starting a political think tank called Maxim. You may have heard of the Maxim Institute. Uh, which goes in in New Zealand and that is all about expressing um, helping policy and thinking through scenarios of life and policy and education and governance in the country from a Christian framework. Uh, oh, from a biblical framework, um, and not being shy about thinking difficult about these things. Things, these things. So, Greg was uh, integral in helping set uh, Maxim up many years ago. Since then, he's gone on to do another uh, a few other things as well. Out of Maxim, he started uh, helped start an organisation which is now called the Venn Foundation, which is all about. Um, taking young people, uh, particularly those who are interested in academic study and working in the thick of education and government and politics and that sort of thing, and are equipping them with a robust worldview. Um, so he's been integral in that. But over the last couple of years, or oh, maybe not even that long, maybe 18 months, I'm not quite sure, Greg is now the CEO, the Chief Officer of uh, the Parenting Place in Tamaki in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, the Parenting Place is a fantastic organisation working with uh, obviously with parenting and children and education. They have an, a, a group called Attitude which is the single largest uh, health provider for young people in the country. Um, They're in something like 97% of high schools across the country, promoting, you know, uh, well-being and healthy relationships and healthy bodies to to young people across the land. So um, Greg oversees that. Now, the cool thing about Greg is that uh, he in this podcast, he shares some of his journey about how he has been apprehended by the good Lord in going down the path of learning from a Maori worldview and a Maori perspective. Um, in that, Greg is very, <laughs> very radically taking taking the parenting place organisation, which is a, a gosh, I've, they've got they've got quite a large staff, but he he has ventured, of course, with the help of some others, on taking a predominantly Pākehā uh, organisation and taking them through the lens of. of of the maori world to the point where they instituted at the start of 2017 te reo lessons at their workplace (laughs) so te wananga o aotearoa now come in two mornings a week they start at 7am and go through to 10am on a tuesday and then they repeat it on a wednesday Um, they do te, te reo lessons for the staff um which in one way, in some way, is very unprecedented. I can only imagine the conversation that's going on at the WA one I'll man, we're doing these real lessons in this fucking institution. Anyway. Anyway, Greg has been uh, the the um, uh, the leader to see this process through. Uh, Greg so Greg's a bit of a legend. Uh, Greg got to speak on the last day of Earth last year and in it he shares his thoughts, his journey and in particular he finishes off with two of his dreams two of his things, two things that he that really uh, shape his acting and, and what he is believing for and pushing for in our land and I'm sure that that will be two things that if you're a listener of the We Come Home podcast that you would want to tautoku and say yep that's me too so uh, have a have have a listen to this podcast. This is our last our last um, Earth two thousand sixteen um, podcast that we're going to do. Uh, then we'll take a uh, probably take a bit of a break while I I, I restock with some new um, some new podcasts. But uh, enjoy, Greg. Have a listen to him. And then I'll come back as well at the end and share with you the new dates for Earth that's going to be uh, coming up in November 2017. So kia ora uh, thank you for listening to this series and this round. Uh, I've had some good feedback from people out there. But um, without further ado, here is Mr. Greg Fleming. Kau akite.
1: kia. <laughs> He honore, he karori ki Atua, he maunga ronga ki te whenua, he whakarupai ki tangata katoa. He atu, te whinona tanga, e tu ana, he roto ia o ihu karaiti ati, Tumato ariki. Amen. Katu o i runga i a Tararua. Uh, katira atu ki te, ta, ki te awa o kaituna, e fidi. Kiti awa awa or wider rapper. <laughs> huri huriari, huriaku huri fatu, kite tai hawa uru, uh, kite moteri ako kapiti tera. Ireira o, ya wa, in uh, No paratiamu, uh, no kotorana, no ahi teradia, no <laughs> kutupuna. Te <laughs> and a little bit of ahi Hoki <laughs> maharakia uh, so as you'll have heard in my pipiha there from the Rappers, so this must be the season of awakening white boys from Mastodon. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like my entire seventh form class. <laughs> it was either Wairapa College or Macaulay College. At least Wairapa College had a seventh form class, they eh? oh. oh, Boom! <laughs> what an incredible privilege uh, to to stand. On your marae, uh, te waka. Um Yeah, since we came in this time yesterday afternoon, it's uh, gone through my mind a thousand times. Well, this, this, is, this is where you are from. It was one thing to be there uh, on your home whenua, uh when you, when you received your uh, moko kowai, um, but to be here and see the place that you were formed um, be here, um, where you are part of centuries, is, uh, is extraordinary. So, thank you. Um, I've been asked just in the next few minutes to tell a little bit of, of, of my story. Um, it's quite something to be following uh, Andrew Judd. I, like I guess, like like most of you, I knew who he was. It's my first opportunity to actually uh, hear him in person, and um, what and what an incredibly inspiring story. Uh, Mine does not involve uh, half the challenge or even one twentieth of the challenge that he has faced. Uh, I feel as though I have run with a wind at my back. Um, So my story does not involve um, either being yelled at or being bought free lunches. Uh, Although if any of you are inspired after this, we could whip. I mean, I've got time if... My journey briefly begins uh, in 2005 when uh, a new friend at the time, Samuel Carpenter, gave me a copy of a book called uh, Te Widamu, the book on Henry Williams uh, that that Alistair mentioned this morning. A seed was planted then, uh, but as often with seeds, it took a long time for it to germinate. Um, It was three years ago a week ago uh, that I met uh, a lady called Jade Hahaya, uh, now Jade Te Uri uh, And then three weeks later, I got to meet her father, Lehman. Ka koe, Layman. Awesome to have you. Did you catch up on the rugby bride? you see what happened? 54-7? Lehman Lay- <laughs> played for the Māori All Blacks many years ago, and um, so we were just working out how we could maybe stream. Was it OK on a marae to be streaming a rugby game or not? <laughs> That is. <laughs> so yeah, 54-7, it just goes to show the Americans can neither play rugby nor elect a decent president, right? <laughs> a few months later, uh, Layman and Jade and Annabelle, uh, my daughter here, who many of you will have met, and I had the opportunity to travel together to Northern California uh, to a uh, father-daughter camp. Uh, we were two couples amongst about 150 and what was an extraordinary week. Uh, it was remarkable in the impact that it had on the relationships with our, with our, uh, with our daughters. Uh, and on the final night, uh, Jade uh, insisted that we should be thanking them. As the Kiwis, we should be thanking them uh, in, in the New Zealand way. Uh, we were also there with Michael Jones and his daughter um, Tiari. So it seemed only right then that, or J- in Jade's mind, it seemed only right that we should thank them with, with, uh, with waita and haka. Uh, so I managed to mumble my way through the waita, uh, and when it got to the haka, for a moment, I slipped into my boyhood dream, right? I mean, it's me and a Māori all-black and the greatest all-black of all time. <laughs> and, we're, and we're doing a haka to a pack full of tent. <laughs> and I just got lost in the moment, and I said to uh, Annabelle afterwards, how was that? And she... <laughs> She brought me back down to earth by saying, Dad, picture this. You had two mountains of Polynesian men. And you had you. (laughs) And so it was at that moment that my journey into Tikanga Māori ended. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was exactly... When we returned, uh, something began to happen uh, all around us. I mean, that was when Transform Aotearoa started, didn't it, Lehman? Just a couple of months later, um, doors began to open. It was the wind began to blow at our backs. Uh, It wasn't like that uh, just a few months earlier. At the time, I was running an organization called the Venn Foundation, which had grown out of something called Maxim Institute and Compass. And it was a week long, included a week long summer conference uh, where the tagline was to know the gospel, know culture, and translate. And in the 12 years that these, uh, my friends and I had been running this camp, we had tried any number of ways of telling the New Zealand story. Uh, and we had had some, had some wonderful moments, um, some moments in the early years that hadn't quite worked, but in, in recent years it had, it's starting to get stronger and stronger. Uh, that year we had someone, we had, um, someone new coming uh, and... I really wanted to see decent representation from, from the Māori and also from the Pacifica community there. And in the next few months, we saw a number join up, um, largely uh, helped by the uh, organisational uh, network of, uh, of Jade. Uh, and uh, one of the friends that was going to come was a lady called Hannah Haiou. Uh, so many of you will either know Hannah or you might know her dad, Sam Chapman. Uh, who runs the AFI Foundation, now based out of Tūrangi, does done the incredible work with, uh, with so many so many whānau over the years. Uh, Hannah had said uh, that she would come. I hadn't met her, but she said she'd come to this conference, and it was on New Year's Eve that I got a text from Jade saying that uh, Hannah wasn't going to be able to make it, uh, that she had pulled out. Uh, we were at my in-law's batch uh, at Kuretau, uh just around the lake, um, just on the south western corner of Lake Taupo, so not far from Turangi. and I knew that Jade was going to be uh, with her then fiancé, Zacchaeus, um, in Taupo. And so just in my heart I thought, no, this is a critical moment. I don't know why this is. I've never met this woman before, um, but this is absolutely critical. And so Jade agreed with me, and so we triangulated, and uh, within two hours we had descended upon, <laughs> upon a hunter's house in, in Turangi. And um, after two and a half hours of badgering, we persuaded her to come. She and, a, and a quite a large crew arrived up a few days later at the at the beginning of this conference, and for the first three days um, it was okay for them. Uh, they they were they tried their best to participate, uh, but I could see that this was it was it was an awkward space. It, it, it felt like they were the minority uh, in a in, in a foreign pasture, <laughs> um, even though the whenua was theirs. On the Wednesday morning, um, something miraculous took place. Um, there was a man sent from God, his name was Alistair. <laughs> he was came as to testify to the light <laughs> he um I had not met Alistair before, and he he spoke up i'll never forget just, just give me a few seconds just to set the scene he the uh, We have um, an amazing array of speakers uh, at, at at this summer conference uh, and one of these great communicators had had introduced Alistair. And he got up and he said, um, he said, wow, it was a great intro, thanks so much. Big pause, he goes, well, at this point, I guess I should really crack a joke. He goes, I don't really have any jokes. He says, I guess I'm more of a weeping prophet. And the spirit came into the room. There was this big pause and then, uh, as the way we've heard him twice this weekend, he began to acknowledge uh, the Māori in the room. Um, he actually asked everybody in the room who identified as Māori to stand and then he called them out by their waka. Um, I had never, as a Pākehā, I'd never experienced anything like it and what was, what was most remarkable was that this was a Pākehā doing this. And so what happened was in that, in, the, in that moment and over the next three hours is he gave a, full, a fuller version of, um, and an earlier version of, of, of what we heard this morning, that what, um, uh, what Alistair is speaking on is developing um, all the time. Um, and I've remarked on this to him. He, he himself, this is by no means a, a finished thing. This is, this is a journey that he is on. He th- and A couple of things happened. One was he, he, he not only taught us um, he not only inspired us and gave us a vision, but for me as a Pākehā, he showed me practically what it would look like to honour, deeply honour, and practically relate to Tangata whenua. Um It uh, it certainly lit um, something in me um, that has that has gone on from there. Um, Two weeks later, um, I was standing at the foot of a large wooden cross uh, at a campsite called Tui Ridge, uh, owned and run by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, uh, just north of Nongataha. And I received the clearest word I've ever received in my life um, from the Lord. Uh, It was uh, unmistakable. Uh, It was confirmed by... uh, In fact, I'll tell you briefly what happened. So I'm standing there, it's on the last day of this father and son camp that inspired by the experience that we'd had a year and a half previously in California, a a group of friends and I decided to replicate it here in New Zealand. So it was on the final day. There were parents and teenagers spread out all across this this property having an amazing time with each other and we decided, the volunteers, the 70 or 80 of us, to to go up to this high place uh, and, uh, and have a communion service. I arrived there a little late, sat down at the back of the group and then um, the, at, once, at this stage, one of the American pastors who had come to help us start this camp uh, was, was preaching from Ezekiel, and he was praying over the land uh, and just beginning this communion service. Uh, and in, that, in, in, in the moments that followed, I found myself just incredibly grateful to the Lord, saying, God, this is amazing. Look at what you've started in this land. Yet again, you've, you've, uh, you've answered prayers. Yet again, you've made provision. You've gathered people, uh, and now lives have been changed. This is, this is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And in that instant, I heard him. Uh, he said to me, you're right, Greg, this is a very good thing. Thank you for the part you've played. But your job here now is finished. I've got your next job for you. Are you ready? <laughs> and, at, at the, and then he also said, uh, and, and the guy preaching has a prophetic word for you. And then my phone buzzed in my pocket. Uh, all happened simultaneously. Um, so, of course, I checked the phone, first of all. Um, <laughs> it's 2016. And... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and it said you got a missed call from some hours previously. It was very early that morning. I wandered down. And it was, uh, a, it, was a, it was a voice message from the chair of the parenting place who I had just told six days previously after, his, after the, uh, them spending four months trying to persuade me to go and run the place that I told him once and for all that it was a no, it wasn't going to happen. Thank you very much for the invite, but that's not what I was going to do. And uh, the voice message said, hey, Greg, just calling you back to say, um, I keep, we keep thinking and praying about this. We're convinced that you're supposed to be here. We think you've got it wrong. Would you please call us back when you get this message? <laughs> so no no guess, uh, no, no prizes for guessing, no free lunch for guessing what the, um, what the prophecy was. Um, so I got that about 10 o'clock that night. And so by the time I went to bed, and this was from a guy who didn't know me from Bar of Soap. It was the clearest, clearest word of all. So the next morning I rung Parenting Place and said, OK, well, I'm coming. So three months later I walked in there thinking, why, why am I here? So just to put it in perspective, pa- Parenting Place, um, some of you might previously know it as Parenting with Confidence. It was started 23 years ago by an incredible couple called Ian and Mary Grant. Uh, it provides – it's the biggest provider of parenting resources – uh, in the country, it does a bunch of stuff around marriages and relationships, and it's also the largest provider of health education curriculum in New Zealand high schools, and increasingly in an intermediate. So in a nutshell, that's what it is. Quite a sizable organisation, it's about 80 staff, uh, and 350 volunteers, and, um, and, and, and a quite a large budget. But I was thinking, Lord, why am I here? Uh, and so I spent the first three weeks interviewing all the staff and wrote all the little notes down in my journal, and by the end of it, I had a very clear picture of why I was there. It was to remind the organisation of its story. This was an organisation that had, had, I guess, understandably gone the way that many faith-based organisations or faith-initiated organisations go, and that is that over time, they get so focused on the work that they start to forget the why um, of of why they came into being in the first place. Uh, And so, after all my years of training um, in the previous context that I've been working in, I did what just came naturally, which is I just started to remind the organisation of what its story was. And so then I needed to find creative ways of describing this, this, uh, this story. So I took them away on a staff retreat and I, I told them their own story. I had the founders come back and tell them and then I told them the, the full story of scripture uh, one evening. A lot of people didn't like that and so we had some significant staff change, maybe about 30 or 40% of the staff... <laughs> Um, so we did a lot of new hiring, and it came towards the end of the year. By this stage, it was it was December um, last year, and um, in the lead up to that to that retreat, two things happened. One, I um, reconnected with my old friend Tawaka <laughs> and um, started to hatch this crazy idea of her moving um, from here uh, to there. Uh, and as she mentioned in her introduction. Um, that was that was a that was a that was a, a difficult call for her to make. The second thing, uh, and Tawaka and I did this together, then was persuade Alastair to come and speak. <laughs> um, and so Tawaka began uh, on staff at Parenting Place on the first day of that second retreat, um, and um, we we introduced Alastair. And so then he told uh, the team at Parenting Place the story again, an extended version of what we heard this morning and it set a fire <laughs> in the organisation, uh, far more than I had any idea at the time of what was going to happen. In fact, Phil, where are you, mate? Oh, there you are. You started that one as well. You started, that so you started at the same time as Tawaka. Huh. So Phil um, led Wai Waira Tapu. Um, it was the first time we'd ever sung a karakia together as a team. Uh, first time we had, had said or said a or or or, uh, or sung a waiata together, and it was awkward. remember that singing in the cafe man it was super awkward <laughs> i mean you weren't you were awesome, but man <laughs> we were we were really awkward I jotted down um, for the sake of brevity i 'll speed up here, but I jotted down um, this morning the what happened, let me just say two more things. At the end of that retreat, I explained to Alastair the problem that I was having, convincing my board and my stakeholders of the new strategic plan and the way that I wanted to articulate the reason that parenting place existed and what our call to the whānau of New Zealand was. And I was getting particular pushback on the word gospel and Alistair shrugged his shoulders and says, well, use te rangapai. It was so simple. Um, Cannot, cannot overemphasise how profound that was. Um, Not just because of the fact that instantly the pushback disappeared, but because I finally gained an insight, and that is that not only is Tao Māori uh, a completely fulsome far more so than a European expression of the gospel in terms of what it is that I am wanting us as an organisation not only in our own work but in the increasing role that we're called to play in helping and sustaining other works do for every New Zealand family but it meets with so little pushback Uh, and so we've started to do that more and more and it, um, it wasn't many more weeks before I was sitting with Sam uh, Chapman and Hannah Hayu, who by that stage I had persuaded to move from Turangi and join the team as well. <laughs> Just got to go and collect the best people. Um, when they said to me, in another one of my struggles of trying to, in English, communicate the heart of our work, they said to me, fenonatanga which I replied, for what? They said, fenonatanga And... And so began uh, my journey with that, with that, um, the most rich, the most beautiful expression of mutually indwelling, of uh, reciprocal, of giving relationships. I mean, arguably probably the most beautiful description, explanation of the Trinity that I've yet seen. For yet it's at the heart of this country. (laughs) It was always here. It's been here for centuries. No wonder the land anticipated... Te rangapai. Te waka pushed me to prioritise uh, te rea, Um and so I took up the challenge. Uh, this, was early, this was early this year. Uh, she and I began meeting uh, for breakfasts um, on Mondays and Fridays, and I began to dread Monday and Friday breakfasts. <laughs> <laughs> because as we've all experienced this, uh, this last 24 hours in learning our waiata, um, She's not interested in half-hearted, and she will push you out. And so she pushed me out. Uh, within a few weeks, of course, we had to welcome Hannah onto the team, and so to had me welcoming her in Māori. <laughs> that was terrifying. <laughs> but once she'd got me over that, um, then she said to me, hey, every Tuesday, you should start our staff meetings by greeting people. Uh, And so I did. I began that in March. And each week I would learn and I would add just a little bit more. I think I'm finally comfortable with it. But when I say finally, that's only seven months. Seven months from Teira to some Tuesdays almost looking forward to it. (laughs) Particularly because as soon as I finish my bit, we get to eat the kai. (laughs) In April, we learned to karakia as a team. It was the karakia that I began with. Tawaka brought it to us. Um, it became ours as a team, and now we say it all the time. In May, we learned waiata. In June, we had our staff retreat on the Umapuia Marai. Uh, it's the home marai for the wife of my uh, program director. Uh, so her name is Chloe Scarborough. It's out at Maraitai. We worshipped together in the uh, little chapel that's there on site beside the Fadi Nui, um, and we went through a bilingual communion service. It was extraordinary, eh, I feel. <laughs> it was something else. So in July, we learned a Himene, <laughs> and so now we close all of our staff meetings uh, by, in the language of this land. Uh, thanking Atua for all that he is and all that he gives. In August, I started a meeting with several partner providers from government in Te and with a karakia. (laughs) I don't know whether they were more shocked or me. (laughs) Um, In September, uh, so just last month, I opened each of our father's breakfasts uh, around the country in Auckland and Christchurch and in Wellington um, with a karakia. Uh, and just two weeks ago, uh, at a major supporters cocktail function at one of the most expensive properties in Auckland, <laughs> um, where there would not have been a, <laughs> a Māori within a kilometre of the place, I opened uh, and, and, and prayed uh, in, in, in Te Reo. Uh, next, February the 25th, um, we will start Te reo classes, uh, at, the, at the Parenting Place office every Tuesday morning. There'll be three hours uh, with the Wānanga. Um, and um, not only have a heap of our staff signed up, but a heap of the other staff who couldn't make that particular time have, uh, have, have inquired as to when we might be able to get a second time going. Uh, we've had other people from in the community sign up. And even, this, is a, this, this was one of my highlights, was... Um, One of our board members has uh, young kids at a school there in central Auckland called St Kennegan's. It's a a high-end little private school. And um, she must have mentioned something because the principal there sent uh, an email to us the next day saying, I understand that Parenting Place offers te classes. I was like, well, no, but let's do that. (laughs) Yes, we do. And I said to Tuaka, there's no way that this guy, once he hears it's three hours every Tuesday morning for a year, there's no way he's going to be able to do it. I mean, he's the principal of a large, growing private school. And she came back the next day said, Yeah, you signed up. He's already blocked the time out in his calendar. The appetite is there, it's growing. It really is. To the Māori in the room, I'd say, you You have reason to be hopeful. Um, next year our plan is to invest our resources and we've been blessed with um, significant resources and they increase with this wind at our back um, into growing the work of those who are telling the story of our land. Um, so we're, we've already offered, offered to take on the operational requirements of uh, karawas, um pilgrimages to Waitangi um, to release the storytellers there to do their work and to be able to grow the capacity and I Cannot wait. I cannot wait. I'm sure it's only a short time away um, until we can do likewise with who we are. That's what I know we're called to. Who would have thought that, standing at the foot of a cross being told to go and run a parenting organisation, <laughs> that maybe that's what this was actually about? Um, as I close, um, actually, let me say one other thing. I, um, I, was, I was speaking with, with, with Hannah uh, just a few weeks ago um, after we had had a sustained conversation the week before. Um, these types of conversations animate our work increasingly now, eh? <laughs> um, I said to her, Hannah, where does, where does this bicultural journey lead? Because I struggle with the idea that that we will always be walking, trying to get closer and closer. Give give me a picture of what it leads to. What does it look like? And without any hesitation, she said, "It's a marriage group. (laughs) It's a very long engagement." I have, uh, I have two uh, pictures um, that, I, um, that I find myself often, often dwelling on. Um, um, they're two very, very different pictures. One is in a park uh, and one is on a marae. <laughs> um, the one in the park is, uh, is, uh, is both an analogy but I think also an inspiration. Um, for, what I th- for what I see practically New Zealand, Aotearoa looking like when two people genuinely become one. Um, the scene is from the week before we arrived at... Annabelle and I arrived at JH in Northern California at that parent teen camp. Uh, we stopped off in Vancouver... Um, to see a mentor of mine um, who turned 94 this month. Um, I was up there again with him last month. It's such a treat to have time with him. Um, you can imagine the wisdom that he has at that age of life. Um, and one afternoon while he was taking his nap, um, Annabelle and I hired some bikes and uh, went round the shore of Vancouver. It was Canada Day. This, the uh, the The entire city was bathed in the most beautiful weather and everywhere was red um, in celebration. We uh, biked to Stanley Park down there on the waterfront and uh, because it was Canada Day um, there were 45 minute queues to get any food and so instead we found some trucks that were full of berries that had come in from the Okanagan Valley and we bought every kind of berry there was. There was blueberries, blackberries, raspberries you know, strawberries, they were there. So we just, we just bought a huge, huge cask of each of them and then went and, and sat in the middle of this, of this beautiful uh, park and it took us two hours to eat all the berries. <laughs> the whole time that we were eating the berries, there was a group of friends, maybe 12 to 15 friends, sitting about with Fraser and Tuakura. Um, and they didn't know that I was listening to them. <laughs> um, but I was spellbound because they, every one of them during that two hours changed continually and effortlessly from French to English. I know it's a dream, but I actually think it's achievable within a generation. And I think it's absolutely essential if it is to genuinely be a marriage. Because anything less than that means that Māori are, in the words of Bishop virco in 1990 at Waitangi, not full partners. As he says, the language is yours. Um, that's the first picture. The second picture that I have is of uh, 2040 uh, at that same marae. <laughs> and someone is speaking and they are quoting Bishop Virko. And they are saying that seven score in 10 years, before today, Bishop Virko said that he could not celebrate the treaty. Instead, he would weep and lament. And he finished with the challenge that the hope was still before us, and that if we would sit and listen to each other, that vision could still be realized. And whoever it is that is speaking on that day, February the 6th, 2040, finishes quoting him, pauses, and then says, In of course. <laughs> but today we celebrate because for the last 25 years we did what Bishop Virko challenged us to do. We sat, we listened to each other. We learned their language, we learned their ways, Those are the two visions that animate me. Namahiki akoto. kia
0: koutou. Choice. Wow, well, that was Mr. Greg Fleming. I hope you enjoyed what he had to say. He has got some massive pearls of wisdom, that guy. Uh, fantastic man to know and to listen to. Look, that is our uh, final podcast of the Earth series this round. So uh, I hope you have enjoyed that. But just the other week, we have confirmed dates for Earth 2017. Again, it is going to be at Orwai Matai, in Waitara uh, Taranaki. Uh, and that is uh, Friday, November the 3rd through to Sunday, November the 5th. That's November 3rd through to November the 5th. So um, keep an eye out for details. Our registration forms aren't live yet, but they will go soon. But just so that you know, there's, it's only open to 300 spots so, um, and that's because of the size of a marai But uh, we could get a bigger venue, but we feel like we're supposed to be at the marae. And it's an amazing thing to experience for people as well, being actually on that marae and um, uh, singing together and uh, participating in, in the korero. Uh, we're sussing out some pretty cool speakers um, for this year. So it's going to be something that, you, that you're going to want to come to. So keep your eye out on the Huia Come Home Facebook page. If you haven't liked that page yet, make sure you do um, go there and like it and then keep up to date with the information uh, that we'll send out regarding Earth. So again, that's November 3 to 5 um, this year in Waitara. Um, so keep your eye out, we'll probably be a couple of weeks off, um, maybe, or maybe I'll put one out, uh, ra- a podcast out randomly, but I've got a, another series lined up uh, at the moment so uh, kia Kyoto, koutou, thank you for listening and tune. Uh, make sure you su- subscribe on iTunes or on SoundCloud and uh, you'll get an automatic download once the next podcast is up. So uh, kia ora koutou, Oh, uh, one more thing, we'll send you out with a final track from Kia Kaha, uh, the, uh, the album from uh, the Link, Link Church Hamilton. Uh, this is this is the last track on the album and it's my favorite. Uh, make sure you go to iTunes and nab yourself a copy. It's a great it's a great album. Uh, so I'll send you out with this. Here is uh Manna Atula. <laughs>
2: Emihi fakem fetai te nei ki a koe tau kuaiki. Kei te mihi, kei te mihi, kei te mihi tonu. Kia rata ma, na tini huka mate. Te taya te, te pakuru, uru mai ki te nei kau papa mihi ano. Moki atu ra e mui e o kiu. Kei o kiu manukura, o kua tataiki, o te motu. To go to Ram Naytoy, to Tatu Nay Matanui to Toyong Narangi. I hope to get Moya, and Naywamata, and Naytong Hoki. They are good in Nuikamoto. Don't they are? Then I go down, then I go
3: down.